What's up, Dreadheads? I'm John. And I'm Joe. And welcome to episode 56 of the Spread the Dread podcast. We continue our February streak of killer couples. And this week, we're talking about Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown, the star-crossed spree killers. Had to come up with that name ourselves. Nobody gave them one. We refused to let any serial killer go without a nickname. (laughs) Uh, So we came up with that one. It's not really a Romeo and Juliet story, but you get the fucking picture, Joe. Are you uh, excited to be recording? I am. I'm not really all that happy about covering these fuckers, but... uh, Why not? (laughs) Oh, they're horrible. They are very... They are so goddamn horrible. They are, yeah. Buckle up, bitches. You're going to really enjoy this one. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. Thank you all so much for the tremendous uh, support for last week's episode, episode 55, which was... uh, What was that one? (laughs) What? I've already started drinking, so oh my I'm not God. reliable. Everybody, oh my God, everyone's going to think so poorly of you, and they're supposed to think poorly of me. It was, oh yeah, it was Raymond Fernandez and Martha Beck. Oh yes, yeah, that's yes. right. That one put up Frumpy some, chick and the Hispanic dude. Yeah, that one, yeah, there we go. That's definitely, that's not, uh, that's not othering them at all. That's something the show never would do. Uh, but yes, the numbers for that were killer. So thank you all so very much. And again, the numbers for the Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill last week. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with the children. Crushing it on those numbers as well. So thank you very much. This week's Fright Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill, it, we're going to be talking about the highly divisive Skinamarink. So mark your calendars for that on Friday. Uh, real quick, Joe, what is the most dreadful website on the internet? Spreadthedreadpodcast.com. That's right dreadheads go there you're gonna find links to all the podcast platforms that we're on as well as our youtube our bit shoot uh, our facebook our ig there's links to our merch store if you want to support us that way and there are also links to the newly launched patreon patreon.com slash spread the dread podcast uh, shout out to our patrons this week we've got sophomore dreadhead phantom atropos junior dreadheads chris o and casey j and senior dreadhead chris o are and don't forget if you're giving us more than ten dollars a month you're going to get some free monthly merch but no matter what tier you do you're going to get access to our exclusive private discord i don't know if you want that i was gonna say that's not probably a selling feature at this point of what i've seen of these goddamn dreadheads it, yeah the dreadheads it is so that are in there, fucking raunchy it, and horribly it is, grotesque it is we're trying to keep <laughs> things like say we're, we're practicing active segregation <laughs> In there, and we're tr- we're trying our best to put certain it's dreadheads impossible. at the back of the bus, and they are refusing to put the memes where they're supposed to go. Uh, so we're, it's whatever. It's the Wild West. We don't uh, we don't unless it's illegal. We're not censoring it. But again, the only way to get into uh, in with that is through uh, Patreon. I uh, got a couple of five star reviews. Don't forget if you leave us a five star review on Apple or Spotify, send us a screenshot of it to spread the dread podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook or IG along with your mailing address. We'll send you out some free stickers. This week, we have two to talk about. We've got Jonathan. Uh, He gave a five-star review. uh, Quote, so great. I just started listening to this podcast, and I can tell that they are really good. I can't wait to listen to more. The more you listen, the The less you're going to think how great they are. Exactly. So I'm glad you gave us that review early on. Yeah, thank you for that. But uh, 
make sure that you actually check your uh, IG messages. I haven't got your address yet, so I can send it out, dude. Yes, yes. And Fran is the last one to talk about. We do have your address, so they're about to hit the mail. Quote, hey, guys, best podcast, hands down. I love you so much. I downloaded this app just to leave you a review. She's talking about Apple. She does let us know she doesn't normally listen on Apple. I love the blunt truth and absolute no fucks given way. You two present the cases. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you. So big props <laughs> and shout outs to Jonathan and Fran, and uh, we'll get you guys some five-star super spreader stickers out there uh that's it yeah that's it all right as we say buckle up bitches it's time to start the episode again episode 56 alton coleman and deborah brown the star-crossed spree killers so like we usually do when we're dealing with more than one person here, we are uh, going to give you a little bio and background about each one. Joe, kick us off by breaking down Alton Coleman before he met Deborah Brown. Oh, yes. Uh, so he was born on November 6, 1985 in Waukegan, Waukegan, Illinois. Waukegan. <laughs> I don't know. That's a very Indian sounding name. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Indian sounding places like the Shawnee and sh- shit like You're that. You're talking about the, 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 the hunting the ah uh, blah blah the Tatonka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the not the not, not the, the Hindi. Okay. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. Sorry, I'm over here like doing like I know, like we're on language. live. I was about to do the <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa thing and I was like, nobody could hear me or see me. <laughs> um he was actually the third of five siblings. His mother uh was a prostitute who held three jobs and uh ended up throwing him in the gar- uh, garbage. I wonder if she held three different prostitute jobs though. Uh, I don't know. Or like the, just, or just the prostitution was like a side hustle. You yeah, know? but if you've like, got three jobs and you still have to, again, we're pro-sex work here, but if you've got three regular jobs and you still have to fucking nook it out on the fucking <laughs> side, you need to get at least one reass- better job. Well, you need to reassess your budget. Yeah, or maybe <laughs> that's a that's a real big statement on your hooking capabilities as well. Yeah. If you still have to have three full-time jobs and you're giving it up for money... Maybe try a few different things. Start playing with some buttholes or something. Maybe, you know, some guys like that. <laughs> little sneaky finger. Something. Uh, so when he was born, he was actually threw into a garbage can when he was just an infant. Jesus. Um, but was treated. Just like re- Oscar the Grouch. Oh, God. But uh, he was. I know. It's it's terrible what they do to that guy on Sesame Street. They st- he's still in that garbage. For all the equality that Sesame Street has done, they still heap his green ass in a I garbage know, but can. He's green and stinky. Keep right? him in the garbage. Um, but he was actually actually later retrieved by his grandmother who also actually lived at the same house as her daughter um according to robert evans a minister who knew him from birth alton was raised in a really bad environment um it was marked by rejection drug use prostitution as well as sexual abuse all the fine upbringings that usually don't mean you wind up on like this the show key ingredients to oh, like yeah if i'm doing research adults. if i do research and get in our childhood like usually within the first paragraph i wonder if i'm Reading, mark, I'm like, yeah, they're mark, good. This is the mark. show for them. I could tell where this is going. Yep, exactly. Um, he was actually reportedly involved in group sex and bestiality with both his mother and his grandmother. Ugh. Yeah, that's like, I don't not, know. That's not, a whole new level of fucking gross. Yeah, I don't even have a joke for that one. That's, nah. that's just, let's just, it's moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> Um, his grandmother also reportedly made him kill and dismember animals as part of voodoo practices. So um, another little layer of trauma right on top of the wonderful upbringing he's currently I, I having. I guess if that's what their Jesus is into, you know, oh. he's got to fucking roll with it. I don't know. Oh, Jesus, he loves me. I guess. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, doesn't like, uh, well, I mean, fuck, you go Old Testament, they were fucking up animals for... 
for, oh, for, you for are Old Testament right. God. He, he liked him some animal slaughter. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> so in school, Alton, uh, Alton. I keep on say Alton, like real country, but he's not country. You've been down here too long. <laughs> I know. Alton was usually teased and called pissy because he regularly wet his pants. Yeah, and I, I fit, when I saw that, I was like, I'm, I'm, I would assume because, uh, it, you know, it, it was talking about, you know, not just family and, you know, familial people, but also at school. So I was wondering, like, how often was he going in smelling? I mean, yeah. clearly he wasn't getting taken care of very yeah, well. So, like, yeah. how often was if he, he would have wet the bed? Yes, but say if he would have wet the bed, his you know his sheets and his mattress weren't well, getting thoroughly clean. Too, his you body know what I'm saying? Even reek. if they're ch- just, I mean, if they're just yeah. changing his clothes, he's still going to reek of it. You yeah, know? and I can't imagine they were all that great about even purchasing tides. <laughs> I don't know. It's the only goddamn thing that gets pissed out of What's sheets. What's that? Tide? <laughs> yes. I mean, we got three kids. So uh, you I know, know it. <laughs> you do go cheap on a lot of stuff. But not my Tide. Like that toilet paper that if I don't wrap enough Scott of it up, I'm going to finger myself. Scott is not cheap. It is just good quality toilet paper. It is not. I I prefer like a bed sheet. Like, you know, like that angel soft stuff. Because literally, if I don't wrap it enough, like I end up fucking slipping myself two knuckles deep trying to wipe. But the angel stuff shreds. I'm an aggressive wiper. I'd, you know, I just I like, a, I like to be I clean. I am too, an angel is not it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so he actually ended up turning to crime early in his life, enjoyed a local street gang, and eventually dropped out of school in the ninth grade. That's, I mean, you've learned basically everything you need to. You know you know what two plus two is at that point. you got a firm grasp on the world. You know how to kill animals and fuck your mom and your grandmother at this point. Uh. <laughs> As I take another swig of this beer. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so he drops out in ninth grade. Now, uh, starting in his teens... Uh, Alton Coleman, uh, he you know, he obviously wasn't gainfully employed. He didn't have the work ethic of his mother, Dreadheads. Uh, he was just but kinda, did he? If she's, well, no, she's holding three. She's holding three jobs and hooking on the fucking side. If if but if you were holding three jobs and you're needing a hook. Are you that good? Do you really have that great of a work? <laughs> I'm just going to say, if I'm trying to find a silver lining about the person, Mama Coleman, if nothing else, was a worker bee. I'm not going to. There's no other praise to give her because clearly when she wasn't at work, she was fucking up her kids and doing just terrible fucking momming stuff. But she was out there trying to fucking hustle. I don't know how good she was at the hustle, chosen hustles and all that stuff, but she was out there hustling. Either way, uh, December 27th of 1973, at the age of 18, Alton Coleman actually committed his first known sexual offense. And you should elaborate known like, right yeah well, yeah known. yeah again. usually when somebody comes up from that kind of upbringing there's no telling the kind of shit they got into prior well and also too no matter what the quote-unquote crime i mean even if you fucking try to hide something from your parents you normally don't get caught your first time with just about exactly. anything, you normally don't get caught your first time. So that's a fair point to point out. But now Alton, um, along with, uh, with, with I guess, a buddy of his, gang member, they abducted 54-year-old Eleanor McIntyre mm. at gunpoint uh, and actually raped her and stole her money and her car. Uh, now, somehow through p- plea deals and negotiations and shit like that. Thank Col- you, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. They sucked even back then at convicting uh-huh. crime. If you, if you guys live in Illinois, if there's... Yeah. We have a few dreadheads who do. 
I'm no, from Illinois. From Southern I, Illinois. If you live around Chicago now, it's pretty fucking terrible up yeah, there. Otherwise, yeah. I think it's pretty good. I, I would know. say Effingham and South. Like, you, you got your normal folk. But well, every, friend, North, our friend, one of our five stars, she's from South Illinois. She's uh, Southern Illinois. I forget what part uh, she said. But. Mid-Southern, yeah. But she, oh, yeah, okay. she, I group her into that because she's south of Effingham, technically. Gotcha. Yeah. So either, <laughs> either way, through, through plea deals and stuff like that, Coleman was only convicted of armed robbery, uh, and he spent time at Joliet Penitentiary. Uh, after he was uh, paroled in late 76, uh, Alton was again put on trial for raping 17-year-old <sighs> Sherry Patterson. Now, go ahead and, uh, they said, buckle up. Rape is this guy's fucking, like, raisin de tray. Like, yeah. he, this is his fucking, this is his thing, and it's fucking disgusting. And I know we talk about a lot of fucking disgusting shit here, but. Rape know, has, some, a, has a really weird, like, level of hopelessness to it. I just don't, like, yeah, because, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. For some, for some reason, I can, in my fucked up head, I can make more sense out of someone wanting to kill someone versus the straight like humiliation and overpowering and dehumanizing that it comes along with rape well, but I, it might have to do with also too like the organ you know what i mean like how the organ yeah like the dick like you would not get off to that like that would not make you fucking hard but for some reason there's people out there that oh. get hard at the rape and torture of another human being it's yeah. fucking disgusting yeah well hopefully they're not listening yeah. um <laughs> but he was he was acquitted when he actually managed to convince the jury that the act was consensual so again it's he said she said i would i mean obviously his track record doesn't su- suggest that he's being honest here Hindsight, but yeah. yeah there we go uh while in pre-trial detention at lake county jail Alton was charged with sexually assaulting three of his fellow male prisoners uh, but he was only convicted of battery so i guess he just beat he him doesn't up with give his, a shit <laughs> just beat him up with his dick he didn't fuck him i guess is what they found out uh so moving into the 80s 1980 to be exact uh, alton was again acquitted on charges of raping 22-year-old Dorothy Hawkins, who was a member of the U.S. Navy. How many times do you have to be brought in right? for rape? You have a the, but, fucking paper right. trail already point, behind yeah. you. I'd like, he's I, aggressive and he's sexual. Like, it's not... It, it, oh, this is yeah. why I don't like Illinois. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I love my Illinoisans, but I do not like the laws in Illinois. All right. How do you say it? Illinois. Illinois. Illinoisians? Illinoisians. Illinois. Illinois. <laughs> Something. Line eyes. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, in 1981, Alton was involved in the sexual assault of an underage girl. Uh, and it's also speculated that he may have actually raped a 14-year-old Aww. friend of the, the underage girl that he uh, was also uh, involved in a sexual assault of. However, this case was dismissed for lack of probable cause. Okay, so I that's know, bullshit. I, I, probable cause. You have probable cause because you have a goddamn rap sheet history of I this agree because I like to do the whole thing of innocent until proven guilty, but for fuck's <laughs> sake, could you guys work a little harder to prove this guy guilty? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, July of 83 is where we're at now, and he was charged with molesting his own eight-year-old niece, one Melinda Snow. Um, he was actually charged twice for this by uh, Melinda Snow's mother, and his half-sister, Terry Coleman. But again, dreadheads, the case was dismissed, this time because of insufficient evidence. It seems like they're going through every excuse in the book to let this guy walk. And again, hindsight's 2020. I'm not a lawyer. Whatever the fuck's going on. But, I mean, again, when you just, I mean, this is almost on a yearly basis. He's getting brought in. And it's all for the same shit. It's for a sexual assault. And now it's on some some really fucking very minor 
underage girls. Uh, so around the end of 1983 uh, and roughly the beginning of 1984, couldn't find an exact date, Alton ends up meeting his one true soulmate, one Miss Deborah Brown. So let's jump into Deborah Brown. Um, actually, there's not a whole lot known about her no. until she gets with Alton. Um, she was born on November 11th, 1962 in Waukegan, Illinois, and was one of 11 children. This is another one of those, like, God, why would you put two people like this this close? I know, right? Like, it's not like that. I mean, I'll, we've had plenty of them where they randomly cross paths. This time, our Lord and Savior Sky Daddy placed them right in the same <laughs> fucking God, zip kidding. code as each other. <laughs> And was like, let's see how this happens. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. If you're religious, go for it. But don't tell me he ain't got a fucking sick sense of humor for fucking sure. Or at least has a little bit of fucking fun at our well, expense. Well, I mean, another layer of it. She was borderline intellectually disabled after suffering head trauma as a child. Seen that plenty of times before. Hell, yeah. last week, Raymond Fernandez. Yeah. They, they said a lot of his stuff got more the, aggressive. The steel door hit yeah, his fucking head. Yeah, when he yeah. was traveling over from and Spain. fucked up his frontal lobe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so she was diagnosed with dependent personality disorder by oh, a psychiatrist. That is, that is not someone no. Coleman needs I'm, to I'm come just across. always thinking about that. Oh, shit, they come dependent on Rick and Morty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they get the monsters come out and then they start fucking wreaking havoc and they're like, oh my God, they're codependent. Yeah, yeah, this is exactly the thing. This is two, yeah, this is two this, monsters. That, that, this is why it's fucking dangerous. It is a really fucked up yin and yang going on yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. So she was engaged to another man when she actually met Alton, but left her family and moved in with Alton shortly afterwards. And then Deborah Brown and Alton Coleman would have what is best described as a slave master relationship. Yeah, and that'll come up when it comes to like the court proceedings and things like that. Because especially if you end up being, I'm not trying to fight. You know, we accept all kinds here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but you know, but th- in true honest, if, if, you know- if you are a real slave and master dynamic, honestly, the slave actually tends to control most every facet. Well, yeah, because they set the they, rules. Yeah, exactly, they give up that power yeah, but and, for the right person but, but, this is kind of, not the correct way to do it no and i and i'm curious especially for and that's why i kind of wanted to to put this you know this like preamble in for anyone who knows a good bit about like the kink community and things like that this i'm using the quotes that was like stuff that was brought up in court cases and things like that about their master slave relationship kind of thing I and, and you'll see this getting into the notes. There's not a lot of example of that other than them basically using it as a term that he was probably far more. Into, you know, again, we talked about her, you know, having her some disabilities, her, yeah, yeah. her being mentally handicapped. So he was basically able to control her. So it's it, it, I guess you could maybe describe it as slave and master, but it doesn't uh, they would be using it as though it wasn't something victim. They both like, yeah, they, 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 I mean, they, come on now. I, yeah. yeah, I guess. But I just I did want to point that out before because well, I mean, we're, we're about they to get tend into to devi- you know how they do. They tend to like disgruntle like deviations from the norm. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, you we're know, talking about fucking early 80s here. Yeah, and exactly. Stuff like there's that. not so, a lot known. No, about there's that not. A, you know, there's not a lot about it. So buckle up, bitches, though. We're getting to your favorite fucking part. We can talk about the love. Love, the murder, and much, much more. On February 28th, eight, 1984. In, 1884. I know. 
jumping in a time machine. My we're dyslexia gonna, fuck we're talk about We're going to talk about Alton Coleman's granddaddy for a second. No, yes, 1984. Yes, um, yeah, 1984 in North Chicago. Coleman raped 14-year-old Shalandra Thompson at knife point. He was arrested for this crime and was scheduled to appear in court on May 30th of 1984. Yeah. So on May 29th of 1984, going by the alias of Robert Knight, Alton approached Juanita Wheat in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm not to speak ill, but Juanita Wheat, that's that that's almost a tongue twister right there. Right, right. Yeah. I'm glad I got through that the first No, I, honestly, when you said it that way and I heard the way it came out of your mouth, I was like, boy, she really should have fucked that up. <laughs> You ain't Especially the, this deep. You ain't, you, ain't the, you ain't the best at talking. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. This is why I stay quiet. <laughs> um, he actually abducted her daughter, a nine-year-old, Vernita. Um, she was actually raped and strangled by Alton in an abandoned building in Waukegan, Illinois, during the early morning hours of the day of his court appearance. So yeah. he did, he was just like, all right, I'm going to just get one more in. Well, uh, well uh, yeah, because he... At least he, in his mind. Well, you know no, I mean? because he knew what he was about to get ready to do because on May 31st, Dreadheads, Alton Coltman spent the night uh, at the home of one Robert Carpenter. Uh, so now the next morning, Alton borrows Robert's car and <laughs> quote fucking he, yeah he yeah borrowed yeah that's that's like how someone borrows a cigarette yeah, from you. It's gone. Yeah, he was uh, yeah he did not have plans on bringing that thing back, um, and so he never ended up returning. And we'll break that down in a second. Now, Vernita Wheat's body, Dreadheads, was finally found on June 19th of 1984, and it was very badly decomposed. It took them a while to identify everything like that. Um, and so the, the funny thing about, well, it's not funny, but the coincidental thing about this, as we just said, he did what he did to Vernita the day before he was supposed to go to court over the, the raping of 14-year-old Shalandra Thompson at Knife Point. Well, they find Vernita's body on June 19th, and that is actually one day after the beginning of, we're going to break this down state by state, because they went on a fucking spree. Yeah, Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown fucking went across several states using poor Robert Carpenter's car, apparently, that he quote unquote borrowed. Um, and so, yeah, and this is where we're going to kick into it. So let's start it off by talking about what takes place in Indiana and Michigan. Yeah. So when the FBI agents investigating the kidnapping, uh, kidnapping of Vernita, they realized that Coleman had actually crossed state lines with her. And, at, right. and so a federal warrant for kidnapping was actually issued out on him because of the crossing the state lines. So another federal. Yeah, Because I want to point out that, that he 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 found Juanita. Vernita's mother. Yeah. And that was in Kenosha, Wisconsin. They found her body in Waukegan, Illinois. So yeah. I just wanted to point yeah, that they out. Yeah, cross so that yeah, line. Exactly. So at that point, when that happens, that, that becomes a federal thing, right? When yeah, when now there's more state than, lines. More than yeah. two states are involved, they, they, they're they on it now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think it's a way for them to actually kind of collect that data together. Right. Yeah, they want kind of something like to oversee it even oversee if the, the two states, states communicating exactly. and stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another federal warrant was actually issued. Um, this was actually like a uh, it, because of the discovery of Vernita's body. Right. So it went from kidnapping into yeah. murder. Disappearance, kidnapping. Now they got a body. So boom. Yeah, exactly. So so Alton Coleman then moved to Indiana along with Deborah Brown at the beginning of June 1984. Right. On June 18th, while in Gary, Indiana, we always tend to always bring up Gary, Indiana. Bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, if there's any Gary, Indiana dreadheads, fucking stay safe. Yeah. 
Let it, us know that you're doing okay. Right. Like, but, but, but as we had pointed out, this is June 18th. This is the day before they find Vernita Wheat's body. Yeah. So, so again, so we're, it's, a, it's a little muddy there, but I'm just trying to keep the timeline. Go ahead, John. Yeah. So this is when they approach, the couple approach seven-year-old Tamika Turks and nine-year-old Annie Hillard as they were running an errand. Now, after tricking the girls, they were brought to a secluded wooded area and tied up. So at this point, obviously, Tamika starts crying, but she was brutally stomped by Coleman, carried away, and left for dead. Yeah, he, yeah. Because she was making too much noise, I guess. I, 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 I guess so. I mean, again, I mean, I, I mean, we're seeing here, I mean, up until Vernita, we don't actually have any bodies. We have a lot of raping yeah. and things of that yeah. nature, but that's where the, so I mean, it's the best we can assume. Vernita Wheat was the actual first casualty mm-hmm. of Alton Coleman, and apparently, once he crossed that line, it was no, no it was back. no longer a big thing for him. Yeah, well, I mean, also too, you have to think about his early career. Now, um, more than likely, he felt like if he killed them, he wouldn't have any witnesses, nobody to pull him into court. Yeah, but again, it's it's still crossing that line. And yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, he got brought into court, but I mean, fuck, every time he got brought into court, he was fucking let go. Yeah, but so, maybe uh, he was just like, well, you know my what? It's gonna I, run out eventually. No, I think maybe he was just. Like, I've been so lucky at getting myself out of even having witnesses. If I got rid of the witnesses, I could probably just skate all this shit. True, but I mean, we're also trying to rationalize someone as fucking out there yeah, as Alton this, Coleman. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Absolutely. Um, Annie was then forced to perform oral sex on Coleman and Brown. Yeah, so despite Deborah Brown's mental shit and Supposed, all that stuff, yeah, yeah, whatever, she's still right along, complete accomplice with, uh, with Alton. Yeah. Um, so after she performed the oral sex, she was then raped. Now, when the two, uh, the you know, Coleman and uh, Alton, uh, when the two had actually heard Tamika moaning from the woods, they went to he- to her and strangled her with a belt. Yeah, made sure to finish her off. I guess, you know, he had left I guess her she for had dead. passed out. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, from the And Brown and Coleman is what I meant to say. But yeah, so she they had drug her away, thought they had made her stop crying. They heard her start crying again. They went back out there and kind of finished the job. Um, they attempted to do the same thing with Annie, but uh, somehow she fucking survived and found it was actually found by a passerby right and that brings us to the next day june 19th now this is the same day that they eventually find vernita wheat's body in waukegan illinois uh alton and deborah they're posing as a couple phil and pam that sounds like just the whitest fucking midwestern (laughs) couple you've ever fucking known uh they were phil and pam from boston uh, they befriended 25-year-old Donna Williams. Now, later that night, Donna Williams ended up being reported missing and was last seen leaving her church to pick up her new friends. And that's another thing you're going to see. There's a lot of, like, church stuff involved yeah, with this. Yeah, it seems like oh, they were no, leaning Oh, no, there's more on. coming. There's mm. more coming where they're at, they're at reverence houses and shit like that. So, yeah, it's all kind of, wow. and again, like I said, we're not religious, but fucking A, like that's still kind of a fucked up line to go cross. Oh, yeah, but I mean, like they kind of are the easiest to take well, advantage of. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's they what's so much more so fucked much. up about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so they were last, she was, Donna Williams was last seen leaving church to pick up her quote unquote new friends, Phil and Pam from Boston. Uh, on June 26th, 
Donna's car was found in Detroit, Michigan. So we're, we're out of Indiana dreadheads. Now we're into Michigan. Um, and the car, when it was found, actually contained Coleman's fingerprints. Of course, his fingerprints have been on yeah. file for fucking years because, again, shit's to going to court, all those, yeah. Yeah, all those arrests. He's, yeah, he's in the system for sure. Uh, so it had his fingerprints and it had a fake ID that actually belonged to Deborah now Brown. that ties her in. At oh, this yeah. Point. So now, yeah. yeah. So now they're, they're fully on what was going on there. Uh, so now the, uh, again, badly decomposed body of Donna Williams was eventually found on July 11th in 1980. Inside an abandoned building, very close to the place where her car was found, uh, she had been strangled. Again, this is fitting to what they had done to uh, to little Annie and Tamika. Again, Annie survived it; Tamika did not. Uh, but yeah, so Donna Williams had been strangled, but it could not be determined if she had also been sexually assaulted. Yeah, because beforehand. of the decomp. Yeah. Yes. So on June 24th, Coleman and Brown actually kidnapped a 20-year-old Detroitian. 28. Detroitian. I don't know 28, how you, though. I, said, I thought it said 28. You said 20. Oh, my sorry. I'm sorry. It's fine. 28 year old Detroitian. Detroitian woman. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're a Detroit dreadhead and you're still alive and actually living up there. Feel free to let us know what that is. They don't have anything going on but crime. Oh, there's other areas of Detroit. It's not all eight mile. If I can't watch an Eminem biopic and put and have a fair assumption for how an area is, I don't know what this country's coming to. Oh, you made me choke. Michael Shannon was in that movie, and he is a godsend as an actor. <laughs> Kim Basinger. I rest my case. Michael Shannon, I've never Kim Basinger. Seen this God, I've never seen that fucking movie. It is a rite of passage, whether you like it or not. Go ahead, though. Um, so... Uh, she was actually in front of her home, and she was kidnapped at knife uh, a knife point and demanded to be driven to Ohio. Yeah, so they, they, no, they're they're got they've got her. Yeah, so they, they keep abandoning no, they, cars and shit yeah. like that. They so yeah, now yeah, they're like, like fuck it, you're gonna drive us to Ohio now. I, I guess they figured. I mean, again, it's it is kind of smart if if you're trying to go to different states doing yeah. this stuff. We we've established that and things of that nature. What they don't know is that the FBI is already involved. Yeah. They already know. They're already they're looking for him and stuff like that. everything together. Yes. And so them jumping and shit like that. And they're leaving evidence behind. He's got fingerprints all yeah. over the place. She's leaving fake IDs and stuff like that. So it's not really benefiting them. But yeah, so now they want to head over to Ohio. Uh, well, see, she's smart. So she she ends up intentionally crashing the car into a parked truck and runs away. Yeah. yeah. Very, very fucking smart yes. thing there. Because if she, yeah, maybe if she, she had died. not done that. Yeah. She yeah. may have died in the crash but she was certainly gonna fucking die once she got them to wherever the fuck they wanted yeah, to go yeah i said complicity does not mean you're gonna live nope. yeah so four days later on june 28th coleman and brown invaded the residence of palmer and marge jones i've never that's heard a, the first name palmer that's a great that's some great old ass names right there I mean, they're 62 <laughs> and 59 palmer and marge yeah that's dope yeah dearborn heights michigan is where they were from yeah so and- they didn't make it into ohio when, when when they when they when they were trying to they never made it into ohio yet dreadheads hang yeah. on because they do go to ohio because if you're from ohio of course you know they fucking made it to ohio to continue this shit so obviously i i say this because we know the case but uh luckily the joneses were actually only badly beaten robbed and their car was stolen right so it, it seems like they like they, they literally only attacked they them wanted, because they needed the vehicle needed because the previous chick had crashed the fucking car exactly what that was now on july 2nd of 1984 dreadheads Alton and Deborah actually uh, enter the Detroit home 
of uh, a 55-year-old named Marion Gaston, uh, the companion of a, another woman that they had actually already befriended, one Mary Billups, who was, uh, was also 55 years old. Both Marion Gaston and Mary Billups were tied up, gagged, and beaten with a wrench. Holy uh, Marion Gaston's car was stolen by the couple, who, as I said earlier, then used it to continue their spree into Ohio. So continuing the spree of love into, I guess, Ohio. Love the- in quotation marks for sure. <laughs> uh, I think we were discussing this like even prior. It was like, is Ohio the state of lovers? I know Virginia's supposed to be for lovers. Ohio's supposed to be for lovers. <laughs> if that great emo Hawthorne Heights song <laughs> that I love and cherish to this day is any, but I don't know. I that's would not- what threw me off. I'm like, oh, that's horrible. Unless you have a love for like, I don't know. A penchant for rape and well, that, that, Apparently, apparently Ohio has a lot of fucking like, cryptids and paranormal fucking shit going on down in there. Goddamn. Yeah, yeah. Our boys over at Paranormally Cryptid will probably be like, yep, sure do. We've got like a whole slate of episodes ready just about Ohio. But, uh, but yeah. So on July 5th in Toledo, Ohio, uh, Coleman and Brown met and were invited to the home of Reverend Ernie Jackson. That's, an, that's a reverend sounding ass name. Ernie Hell, Jackson. Ernie Jackson. You got, like, I got to preach or sell used cars. One or the other. I got the name for it. Now, through the reverend, the pair actually learned the address of a single mother see this i found sick because they were actually using they used a reverend again as you talked about earlier you know they're supposed to do the christian thing and be nice yeah and all that and and they're using it to find other victims victims. fucking fucked yeah so probably the equivalent of like breaking into an orphanage just to get a fucking book you know what i mean i don't know i've never heard that example though I just, just come I, up, I just came, came up, up with that. that. That's cool. That's yeah. there's Joe's. Th- hey, I'm three beers deep <laughs> analogies right there. This is the kind of quality you can expect. Donate on Patreon. <laughs> donate on Patreon today. Oh God, <laughs> it's not much better. Um, so through him, obviously they learned the address of a single mom who had come to visit the, uh, him. It was thirty. Oh yeah, thirty year old Virginia Temple. Yes. On July 6th, Coleman and Brown went to the house and then where she lived with her five children, including her eldest daughter, 10-year-old Rochelle. Yeah. Yeah. God damn you. Yeah. So the couple ended up having dinner with the family. Um, again. That's I, so sickening. It really is. Like you knew what you intended to do. Oh, for sure. And, and they're, and they're going to get a free fucking meal out of it. What fucking terrible people. Uh, so during the night or early morning, roughly, of July 7th, uh, Alton and Deborah, they, they broke into the house and forced Virginia and her 10 year old daughter, Rochelle into the basement. Now I will say this, we just established she had multiple kids in the house. I don't know if they were able to do this quiet enough. I could not find anything about where they messed with any of the other kids mm. where they, uh, you know, bound them, subdued them or anything like that. So I, I have no earthly idea, but they strictly targeted, um, Virginia and her eldest daughter, Rochelle. Um, and they, they, they forced them into the basement, beat and strangled them then to death and then placed their bodies inside the crawl space. Yeah. So what's interesting is that it could not be t- determined actually with the, whether the mom was actually sexually assaulted, but 10 year old Rochelle was because she was found bleeding from her vagina. Yeah. So, so yeah, so there you go. So I fucking, I know, I know the house was also robbed of all clothing and jewelry. So, Again, it yeah, wasn't just sexual. No, they needed well, more money. Well, no, they, the, the, it, that's it's a, multifaceted. A, the murder and the sex is the problem. 
wise, but they want it. They got to keep going. They got to yeah. keep. This is why they're beating old people for their cars. Yep. They're taking their belongings because they, they're just trying to continue on and continue on. Uh, now, after the July 11th discovery of Donna Williams' body back in, in Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. Alton Coleman was actually placed at number 11 on the FBI's most wanted list. Holy so shit. That lets you know, because top 10 is normally, I mean, that's reserved for like international criminals yeah. and shit like that. So like, this is a big deal where they've basically now at this point got Multi bodies states, in a couple of states. sexual, now there's deaths. Yeah, God right, damn. But, but then again, that also lets you know how much fucking evidence they were leaving behind. Yeah. So again, all the state hopping and shit like that was not going to do them a mm -hmm. bit of good, thankfully. Um, so yeah, that, that was the case. Now, the very same day as uh, as the couple that murdered Virginia and Rochelle Temple. So again, it was it was early in the morning on the seventh, as we had established. The the couple uh, broke into the home of seventy seven year old Frank Duvendak and his seventy three year old wife Dorothy. The again, Alton and Deborah uh, bound them, gagged them with paper tissues, you know, roughed them up, and then stole their car and all the money that they had on them as well. Yeah, so that brings us to July 12th in Cincinnati, Ohio. 15-year-old Tony Story was reported missing by her parents. Um, she was actually last seen the day before in the, in the company of African-American male and a woman, so by reports. And right. the male was later identified by witnesses as Coleman. Well, yeah, again, people are at this point, because this is back in the day where like, you know, you had up like your wanted list and shit in like your grocery stores yeah. and shit like that. It's on the and news. And people and actually stuff. watched right. the evening news. Yeah, we weren't, all, like, so, we weren't all so fucking jaded from how everything was. Yeah. So people actually paid attention. So I'm sure people were like, oh, fuck yeah. We I saw remember him. seeing yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. So um, on July 19th, the valley decomposed body of story was actually discovered in a vacant apartment building. She had been strangled while the state of the body once again did not make it possible to ascertain whether the victim was or whether she was raped or not. Right. Um, and the forensic evidence along with a bra bracelet belonging to Virginia Temple pointing to Coleman and Brown. Yeah, so they're leaving so they're, evidence they're from other daisy murders. chaining the evidence from victim to victim. Yeah. Yeah, it's so like they do they're, not give a fuck. Yeah, they're leaving evidence from a former victim yeah. on the crime scene of another victim. So yeah, I mean, good good thing because obviously we want these monsters to be fucking caught. Uh, but now July thirteenth, uh, Coleman and Brown uh, enter the home of forty five year old Harry Walters and his forty four year old wife Marlene. Uh, now Alton and Deborah told the Walters that they actually, so this is the guise of how they got mm -hmm. in, into it. So they didn't really break in. They just, you know, they got it. They posed. Uh, yep. They yeah. said that, the, the, so the Walters had a camper up for sale. Um, and so Alton and Deborah were feigning as though they were interested in getting it. Now, when the Walters 19 year old daughter, Sherry came home that afternoon she found that the house had been completely ransacked. Her parents were bound, gagged, again, badly beaten, and was down in the basement. Uh, Marlene Could you Walt imagine that? Oh, I mean, you're coming in. Yeah, you're yeah, 19 mom, years dad, old. Yeah, like. Yeah, I'm she, home. Yeah, and, I'm home. Yeah, and, and they're down I, in the basement. What the fuck has happened here? Absolutely. Uh, sadly, Marlene Walters actually died. Uh, as a result of multiple blunt force injuries inflicted with a crowbar and pliers. Wow. Uh, Harry uh, was still semi-conscious and was actually able to identify who, who it was that had Brown. done it to him. Yeah. yeah, Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. 
So now we're at July 16th. We're, again, we're still in 1984. This, is, this has been popping off, like I said, right at the end of May, very beginning of June. Uh, Alton and Deborah, uh, along with an actual accomplice this time named Thomas Harris, they uh, all abducted 33-year-old Olene Carmichael Jr. from a Lexington, Kentucky motel parking lot. So they've made their way to Kentucky from Ohio now. The three placed a phone call to Carmichael's um, wife, so yeah, Olene's wife, uh, demanding ransom. They never showed up to actually pick up the money at the agreed-upon location. Olene Carmichael was eventually, sorry, Olene Carmichael Jr. was eventually found still alive in the trunk of his own car, which was abandoned in Dayton, Ohio. So they went into Kentucky, kidnapped a dude, demanded ransom, never showed up, drove the car back over to Ohio to into Dayton and just fucking abandoned it. Um, FBI profilers, they, they had been expecting this. The couple was now kind of going backwards. They're retracing their steps, mm-hmm. going through kind of, you know, their comfort zone where they if you felt will. safest exactly. like they had got previously caught there so well, oh we must well, we well, must not be getting heat right well exactly and they they maybe they feel a, a sense of familiarity with yeah. that like they, oh they probably still have a few connections stuff like that again oblivious to the fact that alton coleman is now 11th on the fbi's most wanted list the fbi are fucking breathing down their necks and they they're gonna go backwards right into the mouth of the fucking of lions yeah so in dayton ohio on july 17th coleman and brown visited 79 year old reverend millard gay told you dreadheads here we go, oh, <laughs> here we go another yeah here we hey. go and he his, gets us <laughs> and his 77 or uh, 77 year old wife Catherine um, obviously the reverend and his wife had hosted the couple while they were active in the Toledo area but when Reverend Gay had told them he knew who they actually were a scuffle ensued and yeah. Gay was pistol whipped at this yeah. point so he's like oh I know I saw I saw y'all on the news right. I know exactly who y'all yeah, are y'all, you ain't fooling me exactly yeah he got himself fucked which up which is kind of a fucking power move I gotta give that to him because uh, yeah. I would have I would have placated the living fuck out of them Hope to God they let me go until they started seeming like they weren't and would have immediately called the cops right. afterwards and be like, yo, guess who I just served fucking tea? Yeah, that was a very machismo fucking... goddamn thing to do. No, he fucking, he fought with the fucking fury of an almighty God. He decided to confront him and it, it got a fucking hilt of a pistol up against his dome. But good, you know, the reverend and his wife, they were then tied up. And um, they actually tried to strangle uh, Reverend Miller's wife, Catherine, but were unsuccessful in doing so. Uh, They, again, left with, you know, they stole their car and some money. Uh, But Coleman, before leaving, actually made one last attempt to kill Catherine by shooting her with his gun. But if it, but it malfunctioned. Right. So that may have been the most profound thing to prove that there could be a God. Because if they didn't have God behind them, they should be dead. Well, I think God was like, look, I'm going to let him pistol whip you. But in doing so, he's going to fuck up his gun. And your wife won't die. You're welcome. <laughs> or he's just such big ball. That, like, I, God I damn. Know. I don't know. But, but then again, we find it again. This time, clothing that belonged to Virginia Temple was found at the scene of this instance. What the fuck? So at this point, it shouldn't surprise you that we're near the end of the spree. Yes. yes. <laughs> They've been Finally, leaving trails. Thankfully, yes. Yeah. On July 19th of 84, the body of 79-year-old Eugene Scott was found in a ditch outside of Indianapolis. Um, he had been shot and uh, repeatedly stabbed, and his car was actually found parked near the location where Coleman and Brown were eventually arrested. Right. On July 20th of yeah, 1984. The very, the very, the very next, next day. day. Yeah. Coleman and Brown were finally arrested in Mason Park, Evanston. 
Easton, Illinois, uh, following a tip-off by passing motors who had actually recognized Coleman from his neighborhood in Waukegan. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So he saw someone. <laughs> He's like, like yeah, I know him. <laughs> that's the motherfucker, like right there, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, now, when he was approached by police uh, officers, they actually surrendered without incidents and provided two aliases. We're filling Pam from Boston. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know who's this. Who's this Alton Coleman fella? Sounds like no a good idea. guy. Like, <laughs> a loaded revolver was then found in Brown's purse. Well, Coleman actually had a steak knife hidden in one of his boots. A fucking steak knife. That's brutal as shit. That sounds That's that, a that serrated sounds, edge. Yeah, that sounds dangerous as well. Like, just right up against your ankles? Like, right. I mean, I guess if you got to pocket something, but would you? <laughs> um, they were eventually identified through their fingerprints, though. Yes. and Because they'd been leaving it in cars exactly, and all these fucking yeah. well, they, crime and, and, and again, scenes. they've had Coleman's on file for nearly a decade at this point. Yeah. Now, a week after their arrest, Dreadheads, more than 50 law enforcement officials from six different jurisdictions met to kind of plan out their strategy for prosecuting Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. Obviously, they were seeking the death penalty for both of them, and Michigan was quickly ruled out because it did not, it didn't have any kind of capital punishment. So they eventually decided to go to Ohio. Like we stated earlier, they're it's for they've, lovers. Yeah, they've, 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 you know, they've got Cleveland, they've got cryptids, and they'll kill you. Um, so uh, when they went to Ohio, this was their first attempt at sentencing. Uh, and actually, U.S. Attorney Dan K. Webbing stated, "Quote." We are convinced that prosecution in Ohio can most quickly and most likely result in the swiftest imposition of the death penalty against Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown, end quote. Yeah, so Alton Coleman was tried in Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois, and was sentenced, uh, sentenced actually to death, as well as several, several years of imprisonment. Four fucking times. Right. Um, so one for the murder of Marlene Walters, May 6th of 85. One for the this murder. This is when he was sentenced, by the way. Yeah. The murders took place in 84, but yeah. these are the dates of when he was sentencing. sentenced for. Yeah. Yes. So one of the uh, one for the murder of Tony Story, June 24th of 85. And one for the murder of Tamika Turks, April 13th of 86. One for the kidnap and murder of Vernita Wheat. February 6th of 1987. So they've been just tying them back and tying them back. Yeah, yeah. They were just, they, I mean, obviously you got three states that are involved at this point. Yeah. So they just kept them going and just kept making sure like we're going to fry this motherfucker. And if by some way we can't, he, we will dig up his corpse and lock <laughs> it in a cell. <laughs> uh, during the course of his, Hawaii, uh, of his Ohio and Illinois trials, Coleman acted as his own lawyer. Yes, that's always a very good sign. Yeah. Why did he think he could do that? Uh, why wouldn't he at this point? Would you expect anything else? Obviously, I'd have been, I'd have been, I'd have been upset if he hadn't. Oh my God! This and is then, the most Alton Coleman thing Alton Coleman's done the, so far. The, the most Alton Coleman is that he. <laughs> God damn it, I'm, almost, I'm sorry, I'm chuckling. He got to the point of actually calling Deborah Brown as a rebuttal witness on yeah. his own goddamn trial. Yeah, he was actually, already being se you know, separately tried. Yeah, yeah, they weren't getting tried bring together. Bring her in as a Yeah, bringing her in as a witness. He personally cross-examined her in an attempt to make it look like she had, in fact, murdered Marlene Walters and oh, not him. Wow. But, of course, this strategy failed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Brown received two death sentences in Ohio and Indiana for her role in the Walters and Turks murders. But both Coleman and Brown were also sentenced to 20 years for the interstate abduction of Aline Carmichael Jr. Right, yeah. That's the guy that they had kidnapped, kidnapped, they kidnapped in, yeah. in Kentucky. Yep. They went back to, to Ohio. Ohio and left him in the fucking trunk. That's the guy that they didn't show up for the ransom and all of that. 
that nonsense for. So yeah, they got an additional 20 years tacked onto their death slash life sentences. <laughs> now you gotta love this. So while he was in prison, Coleman was diagnosed with mixed personality disorder. You don't say. I know, right? <laughs> that, that sounds mild compared to what I would have figured he I had. know, right? Displaying antisocial, narcissistic, uh, narcissistic and obsessive features with additional diagnosis including epileptic spasm, psychosis, and borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Can we just say somebody's just fucking out yeah, of their this, off their fucking rocker this, this is a bad and they did some bad yeah, shit this just is a fucking terrible human we need to kill this human because he he He's can't a get terrible right human being. he yeah. can't get right this one there's no hope for alton coleman was executed by lethal injection on april 22nd of 2002 so again they were handing down these sentences in the late 80s, 80s. so that still lets still you know how long. Yeah. Forever to yeah, kill them. Yeah, about a decade and a half for it, but this uh, this took place at the Southern Ohio Correctional Facility in Lucasville. Um, so, so many victims and survivors, you know, friends, family, and all that stuff of Alton Coleman's crimes were allowed to actually witness the execution that prison officials had to set up a closed-circuit viewing venue Outside of the building. Fuck yeah. Everybody RSVP'd for yeah, this fucking Yeah, I know. They were like, Everyone we got our popcorn. They, we want to see they, this fucker they fry. Cleared, this is as much as like medieval England as you could fucking get. <laughs> Everybody wanted to see this take place. Hell yeah. For his last meal, Coleman ordered a well-done filet mignon. Oh. Fucking gross. He went out on fucking dried out beef. That's gross. Smothered with mushrooms. I dig that. Fried chicken breast, a salad with French dressing. That's an odd one. They yeah. even make French dressing anymore? Yeah, they still do. I'm I, just not honestly, a fan. I don't think I've ever tried it, to be fair. Really? Not unless it's been in something. I've never like tried French dressing on a salad it's to the best of It's literally like knowledge. a cross of like Italian and Thousand Island to me. It's, that it's sounds not awful, great. and I like it's Italian and Thousand Island, yeah. but I would never fucking exactly. mix those two. I also had a sweet potato pie topped with whipped cream, French fries, collard greens, onion rings. That rhymed a little bit. <laughs> Cornbread. It's like that uh, that that female prostitute. It's like, I want ham, yams, mashed potatoes. <laughs> and, you know, that, that Thanksgiving wrap <laughs> yeah. she did. Um, so, yeah, collard greens onion rings cornbread broccoli with melted cheese biscuits and gravy and cherry coke that's a large fucking meal i mean that was a big boy though i guess but good uh, he looked God. like he was like six foot two six foot five somewhere in that vicinity and at least like well, 250 he, he ate like a fucking horse for he went out before yeah. his execution he uh, did release a letter apologizing for what he'd done uh his last words were the bible verse psalm 23 which is uh more commonly known as the lord's prayer the, what you know, the is lord that is, lord is my shepherd i shall not want that whole thing i think i don't remember <laughs> I have been a heathen for a while now. I've, I, I was thinking like a Psalms. I think it was like, forgive me for the sins of my youth. I think no, it was, I, me what, off. What was the other one. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or something like that. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But you yeah, Psalm fucking heathen. I don't give a shit. If there's any, <laughs> if there's any dreadheads in here up on their biblical knowledge, let us know what the Lord's prayer is in the comments below. I really below. hope our dreadheads are not. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, teach their own. I don't fucking condemn here as long as you're being nice about it. At the yeah. time of his execution, however, Alton Coleman was the only condemned person in the United States to have death wow. sentences in three states. So 
I they mean, were just gonna make sure. Triple make sure he wasn't I gonna guess. get out of the shit. I'd have took his fucking. I'd have took his fucking body to the other ones and th- killed him again. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, let us know about uh, Deborah Brown's ultimate demise here. She's currently serving her sentence without possibility of parole at the Dayton Correctional Institution in Dayton, Ohio. Yes, this cunt is still goddamn yes, alive. Yes, and tell us why. Yeah, how did this happen? Because she got the death penalty. <laughs> yep, she got it in Ohio as well. You know, just like Alton did. So why not? Oh, she had her fucking sentence commuted to life imprisonment by Governor Richard Celeste in 91. In commuting Brown's sentence, Governor Celeste cited her low IQ scores ranging from 59 to 74 and her quote-unquote master-slave relationship with Coleman influencing her actions. Again, it comes back up there. We're still talking about 91 How about you just say that somebody's a little dumb and they were easily persuadable? Why do you even need to bring to all me, the other fucking bullshit like up? it still seems like it's not a bad idea to kill him. Because it doesn't, I don't know, right? I don't know much about the IQ scale here. Do you really want that here? person going back out into the world at some point in time and being able to be easily well, persuaded no, by I mean, somebody was, else? No, I mean, it was commuted to a life sentence, I know, so it's but I'm not going to happen. General, but I, but I, I, she could be uh, persuaded to do that while she's in prison. Hey, shank that cunt for me. Okay. I, I, I mean, guess. No, now. I get it. I, I, I'm with it. Again, I don't know how dumb you have to be to be able to do all that shit and get away with it. But apparently yeah, you have she, to be Deborah Brown Texas, levels. She'd have been fucking, executed. She, Texas would have fucking they'd have killed that'd her have quicker. Her ass. <laughs> they'd have got her quicker. But like, well, she's stupid. We don't really have to go through the full process <laughs> here, fellas. We can just go ahead and get this one wrapped up. Now Brown was one of eight Ohio death row inmates, uh, including all four of Ohio's fe- female death row inmates, to have her sentence commuted by Celeste, a staunch opponent of the capital punishment. Um, and a week before he actually left office, yeah, so this is like his, so his, his, thing, his, his coup de gras. Like, all right, I'm leaving office, but I'm going to do this. I mean, again, you I, fucking asshole. I mean, we're, both of us are pretty pro death penalty. Absolutely. You know, so, but it's, for it's any, a tax burden that we should not have. Agreed. And, and I know there's plenty of people that say, well, yeah, but there's been innocent people here and there. Totally get it. We I, have I totally, modern science now. Well, yeah, but this was also in 91. So I get that Just, and everything like that. I believe it wasn't anywhere near to what okay, it is nowadays. So, but why is the fact that by 2002 he's killed and she's not? I just personally don't think anybody <laughs> should be ruled too stupid to know that they murdered a bunch of people. Thank you. I, I, if that makes me an asshole, I mean, god damn it, we're on episode 56. Do you guys fucking not know that already at this point? <laughs> but, but you know, if you're, if again, if you're really against that kind of shit, a lot of people do that, and there is, even though we're, we're in 2023 and the whole gender wokeism shit and all that stuff, but there is certainly a lot of people that they they are not big fans of women having the death penalty put on them as well i know you're an equal opportunist i'm right there yeah, with you say equality is a true equality yeah, i don't care what's between they your legs bone and, ex- bone, both had been executed on the same goddamn day on the, them, in their let different them, let them hold hands while we electrocute them in my opinion yeah absolutely so despite her non-violent history before the spree uh brown was initially un uh unrepentant of her acts. Yeah, get the, get a load of this quote, Dreadhead. Yeah, during the sentencing uh, phase of her, actually, uh, her Ohio trial, she sent a note to the judge what read, oh God, I killed the bitch and I don't give a damn. I had fun out of it. Yeah, that sounds pretty retarded way of saying it. I had fun out of it. And that's a direct quote, by the way. Yeah, that absolute direct quote. Um, so her death sentence for the murder of Tamika Turks in Indiana was ultimately committed to 140 years imprisonment in 2018. And uh, she finally expressed remorse for her crimes when she apologized to the victim's families in a video in 2005. 
And that wraps up episode 56 about Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown, the star-crossed spree killers. Despicable motherfuckers, Joe. Oh, yeah. Atrocious. Glad Alton Brown's dead. Can't wait for... Wish. Or sorry, Alton Coleman's dead. Can't wait for, wait for Deborah, Deborah Brown, Brown to join him. Yep. Uh, She'll probably die of natural causes in fucking prison. Probably live to a ripe old age. Of like 105. She, yeah, which she doesn't fucking deserve. Because again, don't no. forget, they were fucking... They were raping young kids. They yep. were beating up old Christians that were trying to help taking them out. A, yeah, she, I say taking advantage of the Christians and their, you know, weirdly nice demeanors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> So maybe if you wonder why certain Christians are assholes, probably because they've heard about this case and they're like, nah, motherfucker, you ain't coming to my house. Like, no, nah, that, that shit was for Jesus. Not for, I'm trying to be more like Christ. I ain't trying to be him. Uh, but again, thank you all so much for listening. And don't forget this upcoming Fry Flick, Fuck, Mary Kill. This upcoming Friday, we're going to be covering Skin and Marink. Uh, don't forget to check out again. Skin and Rinky dinky dink. Skin and Marinky do. Dreadheads, we love you. So yeah, make sure that you uh, mark your calendars for that. And again, check in on all the old episodes, including last week week's episode about Raymond Fernandez and Martha Beck and last week's Fright Flick Fuck Mary Kill there's like something there's wrong a, with uh, the children I feel like there's a, a politically incorrect joke in that one though which one I last week's episode the you know chunky white chick his skinny Hispanic look we don't need to say it we've everybody listening has seen it <laughs> And it's fine. He need them papers. No. <laughs> I, maybe he was so. Hawaiian, so it didn't Could have matter. been tax season. I don't know. Maybe Martha Beck had a good job until she got with... I don't know. <laughs> Listen to last week's episode and find out, dreadheads. Again, don't forget, spreadthedreadpodcast.com. You're going to find links to all the podcast platforms and YouTube and BitChute, as well as our merch store, our social media, and our newly launched Patreon, patreon.com slash spreadthedreadpodcast. Yeah, and that's the only way you can get a hold of the Discord. I, I don't think think that's a selling point i don't know it certainly should if you like morbid curiosity which if you listen to this i don't know why you wouldn't you should be morbidly curious <laughs> oh, about what's going on crime in the- scene photo section yes no. yes uh, joe and uh shit. who is it chris yes chris O. both putting up some fucking gnarly crime scene marty photos too in man there. he's throwing him some golden ones absolutely so yes that's the again, only compliment you'll get for me marty <laughs> absolutely you are the reason we're eventually going to have to get kicked off of you you and Jay are going to get us kicked off of, off of a private server on Discord. I promise you guys that eventually that is going to happen. So get in while you can, Dreadheads. Again, no matter what tier you donate, you get access to the Discord. But if you go to the $5, we're going to make sure to shout you out on all the videos and all the podcasts. $10, you get all of that, plus free monthly merch. And if you're a senior Dreadhead at $25, you are going to get featured in a new thing that we're going to be starting up called Meet the Dreadheads. There's monthly polls. You, you all get to pick an episode of Fright Flake, Fuck, Mary Kill. We're letting y'all pick the really fucked up episode too. Yeah. And this month, they've, they're forcing me to watch Grotesque, <laughs> which is a movie I have been avoiding for nearly a decade. I know, and I, I voted for it too. <laughs> I am not fuck. I, I voted for the tamest one on that fucking list. <laughs> I knew and you it would've... did not matter because I am one of one vote for that yeah. fucking movie. Uh, but yeah, that's it. We, we, we're going to do monthly uh, like video chats on the Discord. And again, all of that is accessible no matter what tier you do on Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash spread the dread podcast and if you're listening to this on apple or spotify leave us a five-star review send us a screenshot to our ig facebook or spread the dread 
podcast at gmail.com along with your mailing address and we will send you out some free five star super spreader spread the dread podcast stickers and again thanks for our two new five star super spreaders Jonathan and Fran uh, Jonathan we need your, uh, your address, your address again yeah. hit us up on IG Fran we got yours we'll get those stickers in the mail ASAP Joe does that wrap it up Yes, it does. We're cutting out under an hour like we always love to do it. So let's close out by saying I'm John. And I'm Joe. And look, it's fucked up out there, dreadheads. You leave the dread to us. Make sure you stay proud, stay powerful, and stay positive. And no matter what you're doing while you're listening to this or what you're about to do after you finish this episode, make sure you get out there and wreck that shit. Why don't you start right now and get the fuck out of here?